Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the SBS Cycling Podcast. I'm here near Geelong in Turkey with the great man, Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I don't know who pays you, but look, I will take it every day of the week. No, no, good to be here. Uh, last big event of the summer of cycling, I guess we can call it that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be uh, amazing. We are recording this podcast. Let's remind everybody before the race, uh, we've got one of our biggest guests this year. Anyway, <laughs> Caleb Ewan, how are you? Hey, good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, happy to be here. So thanks for having me on. So how is it for you to be racing in an Australian team in Australia? What What's the feeling? Uh, lots of pressure. Uh, but no, no, it's it's good. Um, it is a lot of pressure for us because obviously, you know, it's our home race as a team. Home race for me as well, being an Australian. Um, so yeah, we, we really wanted to have a good start here. It hasn't really gone to plan, probably as, as you've seen, but um, you know, that's how it is sometimes. And you kind of just have to move on. And like you said, there's one more big race coming up. So uh, and I think we're pretty confident for that one as well. Um, you say in that first sentence, a lot of pressure. It's, yeah, we, we throw the word around, don't we, in, in I guess, cycling in media and stuff and you know people riders say well the most pressure you put is on yourself but how much do you feel personally because you've you know it was a big story wasn't it when you you left lotto at the end of the year and it got a bit messy and nasty with them and we, we can bag the management at lotto you don't have to do that but um you know obviously everyone was on this side of the hemisphere happy to see you back at jake olula so you are like a marquee signing that's coming home how much do you feel that, you know, and have, has the team put a lot of pressure on you of the month of January or have they let you ease into it going, we want you to win, of course, you're a sprinter, but we want you to win three stages at the Giro or we want you to, you know, win one of the classics early part of the year. Like, how's that? How's it been? Well, I just know that the team want to do well here. So they don't actually put pressure on me. They don't say to me like, hey, we have to do well here. You need to perform. But... You just know as a rider. And like you said before, most of the pressure comes from yourself. So it's more so the pressure I've felt, especially coming here to Australia, was I've come off the back of two pretty average seasons. I'm in a new team now. I want to start well. Um, so that was the pressure that I kind of had on myself. Like, all right, now it's time to turn it around. Um but yeah, like I said, it hasn't, hasn't really gone to plan so far. But when I first went to Lotto, when I started in Australia, I didn't win anything. And then I went on to have the best season of my career. So I'm not like, you know, it would be nice to start a bit better here, but it is what it is. Still a race to go on Sunday. Um, so hopefully that's going to be a good one. And, uh, and then, yeah, you know, then I'll be off to Europe and... The season starts again there. I mean, we, we debated it with a lot of media debated it, but let, let's be frank. How close were you to just hang up the bike at some point? Well, I always had, I, you know, I had an extra year on my contract, so I was never going to, I definitely wasn't going to stop this year. Um, but yeah, if I was going to be realistic, if I had an, another bad year, you know, three consecutive bad years, then, yeah, I mean, I have no place in the sport outside of, winning races that's the only thing that i can do really you, you so don't you, want to sit on the front for 150k like well Eppie does or <laughs> if i could i would but the problem is i can't um you know there's there's always going to be guys that are better at me than riding the front better at me than climbing better at me than tt better at me than leading out so 
my identity as a cyclist is a sprinter to win races. So if I can't win races, then yeah. you know, it's a good who's, problem who's to have. Want to sign me? It's a yeah. good problem to have, isn't it? Like, yeah. it, I guess it's a follow-on from you know the pressure that you, you put on yourself, and I suppose it builds if you're not winning. It's a great problem to have. You're the guy that they sign to win. They're not signing you to be in the background. They're signing you to cross the line. So um, I've lost my train of thought with that question then. But no, it's just an interesting thought, as you say. And I, I actually, I don't know. I never I know what you said, but I genuinely never thought that it was a discussion that you might retire. Was it? Was it actually in your head? Well, at some point I'm going to have to retire. Yeah, but, um, some, I didn't think it was uh, something it was, now. It was probably the, the point in my career where I really had to think about it. Because, you know, I am coming up, you know, I'm probably past halfway through my career now. Um, I am coming towards the end of it. I'm going to turn 30 this year. So getting old, getting old. <laughs> but, um, but no, you know, I think, I don't know when it's going to be. I hope I can, you know, drag it on longer and longer and then really decide when I want to retire. But um, I'm also realistic in knowing that if I don't start winning regularly again then like i said before you know that's that's all i can do in cycling um so if i can't do my job then i can't do my job i hope i've still got let's say another good five years in me at least and we'll see uh, certainly we we want to see you for maybe five ten i don't know uh, but in terms of the objective this year what's what's the where are the targets what's the plan uh have you already highlighted stuff you want to do uh what can you tell us yeah well my my program is pretty simple actually it's um started obviously with this aussie summer i'll do oman um, after this torino san remo and that will be like my first block finished and then i'll be preparing for the giro and then after the welter so that's basically it that's only two grand tours yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like much because it, it's not actually that many races a lot of race days yeah with two grand tours but um it's not actually that many races as such and obviously i presume there was a part of you wanted to go to the tour tour de france that's that's where every sprinter wants to go it's where you've had your, your biggest victories can you tell us much about that discussion like or was it management uh whitey and and maddie Heyman said no this is what you'll be doing and with those discussions do they happen before you re-sign or do you you know do you go there with obviously jason your manager saying listen this is what if i'm coming on board this is what i want like how what what can you tell us about that because it is sort of fascinating i suppose well as you probably can imagine i didn't actually have that much negotiating power <laughs> you just went oh, okay what have you got for me <laughs> yeah well yeah you know dylan was already on board with the team um and he definitely had first say in in what he wanted to do and then i kind of had to do the program that he didn't want to do um but i definitely i knew that coming onto the team um it wasn't like they said to me oh maybe you'll do the tour and then i signed and they're like actually no you're not so i knew from the start it was like all right you're going to be doing, if you're going to do Grand Tour, it's going to be Giro Vuelta. Um, and, you know, I, I was I was really desperate for the fresh start. And I was like, all right, if, if that's how it's going to be, then that's how it's going to be. And to be honest, since once I made the decision yeah. and once the team made the decision and I knew that's what I was going to do, then your mind just set on preparing for those races. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to be the Tour de France. Yeah. So... 
I hope to get back there one day for sure. But um, for this year, my, my focus is on Giro Vuelta. Yeah. And I'm not really thinking about the, the tour. Is it, a ma- is it a maturity, do you think? You know, like you say, you're 30 this year, five years ago. And I know it's always hindsight and it's easy to say these sort of things because you've won a bunch of stages at the tour. So, But the maturity in yourself going, oh, well, yeah. Because it's hard for a sprinter to have another sprinter on the team and go, shit, I've got to bow down to this guy because he's got the score on the board at the moment and he's going to the tour. Like, were you sort of happy, proud of yourself? Is that a weird thing to say that you went, okay, this is what it is. I can't come, I can't come in pumping my chest saying, listen, I'm bloody Caleb Ewan, guys, and I want to race the tour. So were you, are you happy with yourself that you've accepted it and gone, these are my goals and I'm going to go there and hopefully guns blazing? Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it like that. I haven't really thought about... It's just, it's actually been so simple. It was just, mm. this is your race program and they were my focuses and then that's it. I, I honestly haven't thought about it that much. And yeah, I don't know. It'd be, it'd actually be hard now if they turned around and said, actually, you know what? We want you to do the tour. Now that I've got my, my mind set on doing Giro Vuelta, if I had to change that now, it'd be like, it'd be a bit harder to adjust. But as you know, the reality is, well, not, it's not a reality. Well, it, it, it's, it's a dangerous world for sprinters. So there's a chance Dylan or yourself, as you know, could crash out at some point in the next three months, do a collarbone and then the two is off the cards for Dylan or the Giro's off the cards for you. So things can change and yeah. you've got to adapt to them, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we saw like the classic example is when Cav won four stages and the green jersey the tour. He was never meant to go to that tour. Um, but yeah, for sure, I'm not, I'm not really thinking about that now. My, like I said, my focus is a Giro Vuelta and if something changes during the year, then yeah, you can adapt. But I even think if something happens to Dylan and he's not doing the tour, I, I still doubt that they'll put me in because we have such depth in the team that, you know, they could go for Bling instead or, you know, Yates is already going. But, you know, we have we have such depth in the team that I don't think they would change it, but you never know. Is it fair to say that uh, when you left what was Jaco at the time, it was time for you to leave. And fair to say now it's time for you to, to come back. How did you deal mentally with you having to come back? And how is the team different today than it was before or when you left it? I definitely had to leave when I, I left. Just for the progression of my career. Um, I'd spent four years in the team already. I learned a lot and you know I developed as a rider a lot. But... At that point, the team was definitely going more down the GC road. You know, we had Chavez and the Yates brothers and, you know, real contenders for Grand Tours. Um, So, you know, I never blamed them for that. And when you have a guy that you think can win the Tour de France, then it's normal for the team to to really kind of hone in on that and really go for that. Um, And I saw them definitely going down that direction. And then there was the opportunity to go to Lotto, which is more you know, Sprint's classic focus team. Greipel was coming to the end of his time there and there was a potential for me to go there and kind of, let's say, fill his boots or take his role. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of... I was probably going to be second priority in Jayco or I could go to a team and be the the top leader and, you know, have a lot of support. So I think at the time it was definitely the the right move and... When I look back on my time at Lotto, I don't look back on it and think it was a wrong move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I progressed a lot in my career during that time. Plenty of successes. Yeah. And um, so it was, yeah, it was only towards the end of, end of my time there that, you know, it became an environment that was hard to work in. But I think this team now has changed back to probably a little bit more so what it was like when the team started, you know, going for sprints a little bit more, you know, going for stage wins and a bit more classic-y kind of team than so much of a, a out-and-out GC team. You know, we still have Yatesy who can, um, you know, who can win a, a grand tour, but we have other options, you know. We have Dylan as well, who's obviously a sprinter. So we, we are definitely going back to more of an all-rounder team than just a GC team. Uh, would you agree, actually, with me, Maka? We see this from the outside, that this, the, the team now has a new spring in its steps. It's got a different approach. Is, is that what you're saying? Is basically the same from, from what you see from the, from the, from the inside? Well, I was, yeah, I'll, I'll let you answer that, Carla. But I guess the classic example pre you is Bling as well. He left came back and and there was always you know forgive us for <laughs> being not i won't say cynical i wouldn't say i was cynical but you go it could be good or it could be it might not work uh, you know and then blings had success back at the team and he it looks like he's in his happy place again not that he wasn't in his happy place when he left the team so it's it's worked hasn't it so that must do you feed off that do you feed off that sort of stuff or do you just go well no nah, this is about me i'm completely different to bling uh, even though we've both done a similar path in our careers. Well, yeah, you know, I, I am different to Bling. Um, we're a different kind of rider. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really think about it too much, to be mm. honest. I think, you know, I'm just really focused on trying to get back to my best. And um, and I think if there's a team that I can do it in, it's probably this team. So uh, that's why, you know, that's why I definitely really want to come back to this team. And the transition back to the team was always going to be easier because I really, I know this team because I've been, mm. I was here four years already. Um, it was definitely going to be an easier transition to if I went to another team, completely fresh start. Um, so I think the kind of, the integration's definitely been much more smooth. Do you have much of a say on who will go to the Giro with you in terms of protecting you and leading you out? Do you have much of a say? Because there's a couple of guys I presume will, might cross over because obviously Dylan and the team will want some key guys for him at the tour. So how much, how much sort of say do you have there? Or like you say, there's such good depth. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of guys that can fit both, both Grand Tours. Yeah, well, we, have, we do have the depth, but... I think Dylan will have his guys and I'll probably have my guys. And I don't think there'll be that much crossover of the, the two teams. Um, just because he will want to ride a different way to that I want to ride. So the guys that are going to be with me a little bit more will know the way I ride. The guys with him will know the way he rides. Um, and for a sprinter, you're always much more comfortable having the same guys in front of you. So I prefer to have the same guys with me from like now, for example, to Giro, yeah. than having a certain like certain two or three guys in front of me, and then I get to the Giro, and then let's say Dylan's guys came in, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. So kind of all that progress that you make in the the months leading up to it would all be gone. So I think we'll s Dylan and his guys will have a different program to me and my guys. Um, and I don't think there'll be too much crossover. Maybe a little bit during the year, but not much. Yeah.
Is there a big difference between like we see you got the Aussie flag on your shoulder between a, an Australian team and a European hardcore Belgium team, which are at the, the heart of European cycling? The approach, the programs, uh, is it is from from us? From the outside, we see a difference in in the way you guys ride, the way you approach race. But what what is it like from the inside? Well, I'd say the biggest difference is, um, you know, like as an Australian, you grow up with Australians. You have a similar sense of humor. Um, and I think it's just like your mentality is the same. So it's a little bit easier to work with like fellow countrymen, I'd say. Whereas Belgians are completely different to Australians. Um, so the mentality is just a little bit different. So pro it's probably a little bit harder to gel and connect with um, Belgians or Europeans as an Australian. Uh, so in that sense, it's much easier being in, in an Australian team. Even though, well, we never say never. I was going to ask you a question about the tour, I will. How much do you think <laughs> sprinters want to stop Cav from getting that 35th <laughs> victory? Because it's, it's such a, I know this is sort of off kilter a bit what we talk about, but it's, it's been so talked about, hasn't it? And, um, and I'll say myself, I sway between wanting him to get it and then other times I'm like, I don't want him to get it. Yeah, there, there you go. And I, I don't have anything personally against him, but it's just one of those things. How, how much do you think the sprinters, and I suppose Dylan, they just don't want him to get that 35th? I don't think it's, I really don't think there's any sprinter that's there thinking, I want to stop him. <laughs> it's just every sprinter there is like, I just want to win and I'll do anything I can to beat him and every other sprinter there. So, I mean... You have to be a bit of a prick if you're going out there just to try to stop him winning. Um, but, you know, I knew, like, I was racing him last year, obviously, in the tour. Um, and it was never on my mind that I didn't want him to win a stage. Um, but it was obviously on my mind that I wanted to win a stage. And if I was winning, then he wouldn't be winning. So, in that sense, yeah, I don't want him to win a stage. But if someone was going to beat me and it was him, then so be it it's not like i don't want him to to get his record mm -hmm. uh, tour de france stage wins we talked a lot before about you know getting the monkey off your back how important is it in a, in a grand tour to get that first win to get to get it as early as possible upstairs between the ears how how good does that feel and how does that feed you for the rest yeah it's definitely nicer having a, a win early on you know in my first tour i think i won my first stage after stage 11, 10 or 11 or something. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. We were waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah. I, yeah, I had four podiums, yep. seconds and thirds. Didn't quite get the win. We had three sprints left. Yep. And then in the end, I won the last three sprints. You won the, on the, which on the Champs-Élysées Champs Champs right? as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the two before that. So, so does that, sorry to interject. So does that, going back to all this talk that we've had so far... Does stuff like that give you confidence going, okay, you know, okay, haven't, hasn't been the great best January start for you or the team here? Doesn't matter. Took me 12 days or 11 days to win my first stage of the tour and then I went bang, 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 one, three. Do you sometimes feed off that for yourself? Yeah, for sure. And like throughout my whole career, there's always been uh, a lot of times where it's taken me a long time to get the first one and then kind of once I got the, the first one, it was like the, the ball was rolling. Um, so yeah, it definitely does give me confidence. Uh, like I said before, my best year of my career, 
started bad in Australia and then ended up being the best year of my career. So I will, le- I won't leave Australia being like, oh, like you know, shit, it's it's gonna be a terrible year. There's no way. So I will, um, yeah, keep focused and uh, there's plenty of more races this year. So hopefully I can turn around at some point. You talked about, uh, you know, being 30, you're a family man, three kids. Uh, how, how, how much do you think of them in what you achieved today? How much are they in your heart when you're, when you're racing? Well, I try not to think about them too much when I'm racing. To be honest, I can, I can really separate it. Um, it's nice, you know, I'll give you an example of where it's really nice to have a family is let's say last year when, you know, my career was going terribly. Um, I, yeah, when I left the tour, I was getting batted by the team manager. Um, and it just wasn't like career wise, it was a shitty time. Like nothing was really going right. And it was just worst time of my career. But if you look at the overall picture and you know, you have you know, a healthy family at home, then that's really what's important. So that it really keeps your head kind of screwed on and like, hey, you know what? This sucks, but at the end of the day, it's just sport. I have a healthy family, happy family at home. That's really, that's really what matters. Um, whereas, and I guess at that time, the hugs you're getting from the kids yeah. were, are worth anything. Yeah, you know, kids don't, kids don't know what's happening. They're happy as anything. They're happy that I'm home more than, you know, it, it, than it, I would be. So it's the big, They're the biggest leveler. I would say, For especially sure. young kids, yeah. your, your kids' ages. Yeah. Can, can I ask, and I know it's, I didn't plan to ask stuff about this, but we're, we're sort of on the subject, that, all that mess with Lotto at the end and, you know, as you say, the team manager was vocal, which I thought was just really classless. And I said it back then as well. How were some of the writers on Lotto towards you? To be honest, I just wasn't in contact with anyone. I just wanted like... Just, just to let go of it. Yeah, I just didn't want to be anywhere near the sport, my yeah. team, nothing. I just wanted to be at home with my family, not thinking about it. Um, but yeah, you know, I I really liked my teammates. Like, there was nothing... And I liked, you know, all the staff were really good. All mm. my teammates were really good. The only problem I really had was with maybe some of the DSs and, um, and the... Yeah, and the manager. Well, they were copying it. Uh, okay, maybe I'm being biased, <laughs> protective and supportive of our Aussie riders, but the management was copying it from the old management as well, vocally on social media. Uh, Mark Sargent, is it? Yeah. And a couple of... Cause, cause was, and it wasn't just around you. It was plenty of other stuff. So, yeah, I think it was... Yeah, I mean, it was what it was. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, obviously... Stefan didn't really, yeah, he definitely doesn't like me, as you can probably tell. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was nice. I had John Lalong, who was the team manager for the four years previous when I was in the team. Um, and, you know, it was nice, like, for example, when, when it was time for me to be like, all right, I need to leave the team, all the other teams would be looking at what um, Stefan's saying and being like, Ugh. I don't know if I want to touch that guy um, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't willing to go into a bloody Twitter war with yeah, Stefan. I just, yeah. you know, if he's got a problem with me, 
he's got my number. Call me up. Come fly, see me. Fly me up. Tell it to my face. But he hasn't spoken to me since back then. So I have no problem. If someone's got a problem with me, absolutely no problem. Come talk to me about it. Say it to my face. I've, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, so it was just like all, everything in the media was basically negative about me, uh, which isn't ideal when you're trying to leave the team. But um, John, who was my team manager for you know, four years b- before that, he probably saw that and he said, you know what, if you ever need like my help to kind of vouch for you, like, you know, we worked together for the last four years. Like I know how, y- what you're really like. So um, if there is any, any team that you want to speak to and you want me to vouch for you, then, like no problem. So it was nice having, you know, I had a lot of support in that team for a lot of years. It was just last year that it really all yeah. turned to shit. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I never I never look back at my time on the team as a negative time. Like I, I achieved so much there and I was really happy in that team for a long time. And um, and it was a shame that it ended the way it did. Um, but, you know, that's just, that's sport. People turn on you so quickly and that's just part of it. So we'll turn it. Yeah, we'll turn it. If you don't start winning in the next three months, mate, we'll be. <laughs> you will not be on this podcast. Yeah, probably. Again, I can assure you'll you. Probably that. erase this podcast. So <laughs> that's why we, we um, we're going early. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, uh, who was instrumental at Jayco for you to come back? Is it more a phone call from Jerry? Is it Matt White? Is it Matthew Amon? Is it who? Who was really that person that made this happen? I think Whitey probably. Um, was a was a big one in the decision making or saying like yeah I think he can come back here and be at his best but at the end of the day it's probably Jerry's call whether it happens or not um so I think between probably Jerry and Whitey um Whitey would probably would have had to vouch for me um to say like yeah I think you know I know what he's like I think he can be back um and yeah Jerry would have to sign off on that as well yeah you talked about your program what would be an amazing year for you within that program how many wins where if i can like if we can sign on the line today to say 2024 is absolutely amazing where where would be the where would the win be well it's hard to just you know put a number on it but i always kind of say like i want it i want it to be like consistent winning during the year and because all my race programs like big races, if I'm winning consistently through the year, then you know I'm gonna have consistently big race wins. So I just want to come back to, you know, I just want to come back to my best. Um, Can we kick things was, off with MSR? Is that too much? To well, ask? yeah, that would make you know if I just won <laughs> just the first. If monument. I just if I just won Milan Remo for the year, <laughs> then I'll probably still look back at it as a good year. Well, you'd, you'd no. still only be, oh no, you'd be the fifth. Monument, Australian Monument winner, is that right? Yeah, and you know, San Remo is the only one that I potentially can win. Um, it's w- within my capabilities, but it's getting harder and harder with guys like Vanderpool, Van Art. You know, those quick, punchy kind of climber sprinters. Um, but I think it's within reach. Do you, do you on that beyond you know the next five years? Let's hope you get another great five years out of your career, maybe more. 
is the next wave already coming of Vanderpoles, Van Arts, Pidcocks? Are they? Are you seeing them already? That, but that we're not hearing it. We don't know who they are yet. Are they already on the on their way? Yeah, probably. But I probably don't even know who they are yet either. <laughs> um, you know, like even in Down Under, uh, Del Toro. Mm. Never heard he's, of that. He's the one, isn't he? Never heard of that guy. And you know. You haven't heard of him. No, never, never. There's heaps of guys that I never heard of that are absolutely smashing it first year straight it's just you know first world tour race and is you know but what what changed is that is that again between the years is it it's it's not necessarily just physical is it the the way that now those guys are prepared to just not necessarily follow the rules straight away they just yeah race we can see racing is definitely different now you can see like even in classics the racing starts way way earlier um Pro racing's starting to become a bit more like junior racing. Like, it's so unpredictable. You don't know what someone's going to do. Climbers decide that they're going to go in the bloody early breakaway of the day. And then it's just, you know, it's before it was just kind of like textbook. You, you knew what was going to happen. You know, climbers will go on the last climb and everything was kind of textbook. Now it's just like, shit, we don't know what these guys are going to do. Well, who changed this? Or? Because, you know, one of the you know, youngest riders, uh, you know, Pogacar, is it the guy that really threw the rule book out of, by the window and, and changed the things? That, if we see it from the external side of it, is that the same thing for you? Is not yeah, well, like, yeah, guys like Vanderpool, like, you never know when he's going to attack. He might just go with 150k to go. And it's like, shit, you're going to have to follow him because you might ne- never see him again. <laughs> um yeah, I reckon stick to winning. You did, don't try and transform yourself into like a guy that sits on the front. No. I'd, I'd hate to be trying to chase them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, even um, Ramco, you know, he's attacked by himself 100k to go and never never see him again. So yeah. it's becoming a lot more unpredictable. Guys are willing to race from a, a long way out. Um, and yeah, this makes racing a bit harder. Changing tack slightly. Um, what are you doing in your spare time apart from... You know, I'm sure being a good house dad when you're at home. Any hobbies? Yeah, I've uh, just started golf, which is time-wise, it's not a good hobby to have because, you know, you need a lot of time to get good at it. And having... And so where are we at? What sort of level are we at? I'm trying to work terrible, out if I'm going to make a comeback. Terrible level. Terrible <laughs> level. I'm going to go play now, but I actually, I hit, hit a few balls that arranged yesterday after the race. Wasn't great. Few good ones, few <laughs> terrible ones. I almost took the guy out next to me with a ball. So you can only progress. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, surely I can't get worse than I am now. So, um, but no, it's nice to have something you know that's not work, not family, something that you can just do on your own. That's your thing, and that's it. it. Is, is motorsport a thing as well? I know, I know you like cars. Yeah, uh, is it something you look at as a hobby as well, as a passion? Is well, that a, yeah, I'd it's expensive. L- but <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to race cars. Yeah. Um, if someone told me, if someone came here right now and said, "Hey, here's a contract to be an F1 driver. You have to retire from cycling," I'd be signing straight away. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> well, Jerry, well, what's Jerry doing? <laughs> yeah, and also, yeah, look, come on, let's be fair. It'd be it'd be about and no disrespect. It'd be four times your cycling contract too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would sign for less. <laughs> so it'd just be nice to to do something a bit different. But yeah, I am I am into cars. I would love to race cars. I've been to the track a few times, which is also always fun. But um, 
that's I guess a hobby. Yeah. Golf's okay. my new hobby. Not as expensive yeah. as cars, um, but a bit more time consuming, I'd say. Thank you for your time. I think it's time for you to uh, to go and uh, hit a round of golf. I guess. Yeah. Uh, best of luck on the on the Cadets tomorrow. Again, this podcast is uh, uh, is recorded before the race, so on Sunday you'll be uh, racing the Cadets. And uh, thank you for all your time here. And we wish to see you all around uh, the the year racing in Europe. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you very much. And just look, go well tomorrow. Top three, I'll be happy with. But I'm I'm gaining MSR. That's yeah. That's all I want. Thank you. No problem. <laughs>